This is the Trucker's Mind Podcast, and I'm Eddie McGee. This is your boy, Keith Fingers. And we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Uh, basically, this podcast is just based off of a lot of, uh, a lot of conversations that people have commonly. Uh, however, we're just putting this on, putting it on uh, tape, per se. Um, now, one of the things that I have been doing is looking at a lot of things and not just looking at the situation and just giving my opinion, but looking at these certain things objectively. Now, what I want to talk about here, one of the first things is social media. And we live in a social media era and uh, it has affected everyone, um, young and old. Believe it or not, a lot of older people that, you know, they're, they're kind of out of the loop, even if they don't have social media, but it kind of puts them in a different world. If, if you ever, ever talk to someone that doesn't have Twitter, Facebook, anything, it's like you'll mention something and they have no idea what you even mean uh, versus most of us who do have smartphones and we do use social media. We see all this crap. Now, what I've noticed is there are a couple different behaviors associated with social media. One of them is the attention whore. You know, the, the person that's like, they'll post a picture of their face, but it's above. So you get uh, 2% face and 90% tits. And then it's like, <laughs> you some guy pops up like, I love your eyes. You have beautiful eyes. Like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of bullshit. A lot of it's bullshit. And honestly, um, it, it's become common. It's become so common that it is a regular behavior on social media. Like I'm not one to tell someone how they should behave and not behave, but I know bullshit when I see it. And it's just like, come on, man, nobody does that. Um, it, it's crazy. I mean, wh what are some things you've seen that you can reference, uh, Keith, uh, about social media behaviors in general? Um, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I, I, I imagine when, you know, these people, Mark Zuckerberg and everybody is, sitting at home on their computers writing the codes for these programs. They don't, they don't, I guess they have the foresight for it, but I don't know if they would have imagined that, you know, it would turn into what it is now. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, when I, when I open my Instagram and um, I hit the search button, I see like maybe a few things where, what uh, a few sports things, it might be some highlights from the previous day. I see um, a few clips from, you know, the upcoming movies and then the rest of it is just like fitness models and bikinis <laughs> and whatnot. And it's just like, it's kind of sad, you know what I mean? It kind of normalizes like, you know, sexuality in a sense where yeah. when we were kids, it was almost like you would have to hide and, you know, try to find or like try to put a rated R movie on when your parents aren't home. But now it's like, all you have to do is like scroll through Instagram and... You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, and the 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 uh, fitness models kill me because they literally offer nothing to the fitness community. You know, you got a chick on here. She yes, she has a perfect ass. She got great breast, and her body is on point. But it's like it's nothing but selfies of her. It's nothing but a promotion page to make money. There's nothing usually. I think the biggest fitness models, or uh, I put that in quotations fitness models they don't really have pictures of them helping anyone they just have pictures of them helping themselves and mm -hmm. and getting a bunch of likes and uh putting purposely putting photos of themselves in a sexual manner they have completely sexualized 
fitness. Yeah. And it, and they've made it. It's just ridiculous. Like it's like man, I if you're not gonna help anyone with your platform, then you need to be removed from it. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want, but if you're in it for the money, then it ain't gonna last. You know, like come on, man. That yeah. and that's just one thing. One of many things. Mm-hmm. Another one is the chicks typically, you know. Typically, they receive the most attention on social media. Those will be the same ones that will also use that attention to get even more attention. They'll say, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys are in my inbox. Get out of my inbox if you have a girl, blah, blah. And it's like, you could have kept this shit to yourself, but you took it upon yourself to mention something about someone just to get a rise out of people. So it's like, I don't know what you're lacking but I'm pretty sure your parents would be ashamed of that shit if they seen you doing this on social media. Like, man, there's no there's no right or wrong. Don't get me wrong. But like I said before, this bullshit. Yeah. I, w- I would say, too, although, you know, we're speaking mostly about girls, guys, you know, guys do it Definitely. just as often. Definitely. You know, guys taking pictures with their shirt off. They're Definitely. taking pictures in their underwear. Definitely. Trying to show their print and whatnot. So... <laughs> We, sp- I, you know, I don't follow. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to that. But guys are in the same boat as you know some of these females, where that where they're just selling the sexuality of a fitness. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I think it's 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 kind of terrible just because you know most people, you know, they're looking to these people for inspiration, and all they seeing is like you know a rated or you know yeah. X rated content on a on a social media feeds. Definitely. You know, if if I'm looking for motivation, and I'm scrolling and I see a cock, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, bro, like, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that." I, I I was following the game at one time, and I seen what he posted. I said, "Man, I can't look at this shit, man." And I just totally just yeah unfollowed the page because I respect art as far as rap music is concerned. But dude, you're not gonna nah. I'm not gonna follow that, man. I, I'm not doing that. So. And that goes for any, it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a chick. There have been plenty of women that I have unfollowed. Um, Dolly Castro, who's one of the biggest, um, biggest fitness models. I unfollowed her the other day because Will Smith just, uh, I won't say resurfaced, but he just, he just joined, he just joined Instagram not too long ago. And every time he posts a video, she's at the bottom like ha 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 or clapping and it's only because when someone has so many followers and they're verified, you're going to see their comment on a, even if there's, it could be thousands of comments underneath uh, Will Smith stuff, but you're going to see that comment. And she was doing it on purpose. And a couple of people called her out for it. She's like, well, I mean, it's for commenting this and that. And she was trying to downplay it. And I was just like, dude, unfollow. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough you do this shit on your own page, but don't ruin Will Smith. <laughs> like, I think my my biggest issue is that I think a lot of people on social media they want to be famous for no reason, exactly. just for this, just for the sake of being famous. Like, um, I like I like Gary Vee. I, I I listen to a lot of his uh podcasts and I watch a lot of his videos and I even read his book. And the way he tries to like talk about social media and the way you can leverage it and stuff is really like, really, I think the way that it should be done, you're trying to leverage social media to grow a business. You're trying to leverage social media to, you know, uh, 
turn yourself into a brand to where you can leverage that into gaining money and stuff like that. But I see a lot of people on social media just trying to be famous for the sake of being famous. Like even on Twitter, I know you don't have a Twitter, but Twitter is like <clears throat> you, you on there you have the ability to like blow up in the within a matter of, you know, a, a funny tweet or um, you know, a funny picture or a funny video or whatever like that. And so what will happen is, you know, this, this normal person with 500 followers will put out a tweet or make a meme or something and somehow will end up getting like um, 500,000 likes or, you know, 100,000 retweets or something like that. And once that person sees that popularity going, all of a sudden they're like, yo, follow my page or like the next comment down with like, follow my page or follow my SoundCloud or like, you know, something like that. And it's just like, to me, it just, it just seems kind of corny in a sense. Like, I don't know, like you can't just enjoy the moment of just having a funny tweet. Like you have to force something on us. And it was, it, it, it was one interesting one that I seen, cause I seen this stuff happen so often. I was like, oh man, not again. And this guy, he posted like a funny <laughs> thing. And then he threw a curveball at us because, like, I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I probably should have read the full thing. But basically, the guy was like, yo, since y'all are already here, um, he's like my brother or my cousin or something like that, survived from cancer. And he, and he put, like, a little clothing line together. So y'all go check out the page. And I was like, dang. I even had a commented on it. Like, dang, I thought, I, I thought this was going to be your SoundCloud. But, like, <laughs> kudos to you, man. Like, you know, good for you. So. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, and leveraging your social media for business purposes, that's awesome. I think that it's free marketing. And in addition to that, you have to make sure you are representing your brand or business properly. You can't have, um, you can't be uh, uh, fucking having people look at your print through your draws. And then the next, the next thing is, hey, come support my business. Support <laughs> support black businesses. I'll be like, look, man, you on your own. <laughs> you know, people, like you said, oftentimes they want to be famous or popular for nothing. We li- we also live in a society where everyone's trying to go viral. Like, no one really understands what it means to build a loyal fan base. They want to do, it's like a, a one-hit thing. They want to try their best to try to become something or try to be funny or try to do something crazy to get the attention of people. Some of the videos that people post on social media are clearly for the purpose of shocking someone, but I'm not really shocked by anything because I know people are idiots. So it's like (laughs) (laughs) you could post a video, you getting hit in the mouth uh, with a sledgehammer and I'm going to be like, Oh Lord, like what were they doing? You know, somebody called the police. Yeah. I would be more concerned for a person's safety rather than be like, that's so dope. Mm -hmm. Let me follow his page. Like, no. Yeah. The worst one is that boot gang guy. You never seen that. It's, there's a guy that got tattoos all over his face yelling boot gang. I don't know if you get a chance, check it out. But really don't because this guy's an idiot. But uh, yeah, I see it a lot. It, it's horrible. Um, social media, I think the initial purpose for social media, when I first got a Facebook in general, it was the first thing I ever, because I never had a MySpace when I was, oh, that's like 2005, MySpace. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And all my buddies had MySpaces, but there was really no smartphones out like that at all. We all had uh, uh, <laughs> Motorola Razors and shit, so nobody was really online with... You know, mm-hmm. it, once smartphones really 
got out there, that's when the whole social media era really start blowing up. Because mm-hmm. you know you basically had the internet. You'd be on it more often. Oh yeah, you're more frequently. You're always on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make my well, basically make my point when when you have a platform such as Facebook or whatnot, when you when it first came out, it was more or less for keeping in touch with people, old older classmates and whatnot. But now, when you look at it with the ads that pop up on there and and all the memes and the Michael Jordan faces, and it's just like, dude, this is just a freaking clown show. Yeah, it's turned into just a a, a like a what do they call those? Uh, well, just basically, it turned into a ball of shit. I mean, it, I mean, it was at one time it was used for the purpose of keeping in touch with people mm-hmm. and you know checking <clears throat> up on friends and family and. You know, if you've seen something interesting, you can share it or like it. But now with the ads and all that, it's just it's horrible. The the big booty pages and the tw- <laughs> the twerk twerk pages and the shade rooms and yeah. world star hip hop. It's just like man, mm-hmm. just so much so much sadness on there. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's almost depressing to look at. I think one, you know, although we you know talking about the 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 cons of social media there's definitely a lot of pros though definitely like you were saying just you know reaching out to there's people relatives of mine that i probably would never talk to or ever even know how to get in contact with if it wasn't for so social media definitely and you know just different you know depending on what you do whether it's entertainment especially entertainment entertainment without social media is like you really don't have um you know a platform to you know show your stuff so that's always a benefit and definitely, you know, sales and stuff. If you're, you know, a businessman, you're selling clothes, you're selling whatever you're doing, you know, that's a, uh, a good way to do it without having a brick and mortar. So you could just sell literally stuff out of your bedroom. You know what I mean? The order comes to you, you can ship it and collect the money and, you know, you never have to really come in contact with people. So <clears throat> definitely there, there, are, there are tons of pros, mm-hmm. uh, like you stated. And it, it goes back to, uh, but it also goes back to selling yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think there needs to be some consistency. Now we understand there's Twitter, there's Snapchat, there's Instagram, there's Facebook. Okay. Those are the, the main, the main big ones there. What I've noticed is people don't have the same personality. Sometimes, sometimes there'll be a Christian on Facebook and then they'll be like posting Bible scriptures and stuff. And then on Snapchat, they getting turned up at a strip club, <laughs> slapping big booty strippers. Like, the fuck is this? You know? So it's like, if you're going to be someone, be yourself on every platform. If you're serious about business, that should translate to every platform you have. Yeah. Versus, you know, and my thing is, if, if we all have a personal life. And I, I just think that people need to learn how to balance that. It's it's like they're too busy trying to prove something to people that don't have any, inf- no, no real influence on their life. And they get caught up in trying to show people stuff like the flash and the money. Like flash and money doesn't mean you're successful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we see that frequently. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate. The money flashing and everybody's doing great on social media, basically. Everybody is awesome. Have a but, perfect life. Yeah, perfect life. Uh-huh. But in reality, we know that's not true. Yeah. You know, you're probably down to your last but piece of bologna and you're cooking tortillas on the stove. Okay, yeah. so nobody, <laughs> nobody, everyone is not doing 
great. But according to social media, everyone is just stellar. Like everything is just perfect. Mm-hmm. So just just make sure those things keep the same energy. Charlemagne says exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Keep the same energy. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is that type of that type of advice coming from a guy that has been consistent at times being an asshole, Charlemagne the guy, but um, he doesn't back down. And that's just who he is. If he says something on the air, he's going to say it to your face. Mm-hmm. And sometimes artists get, um, they get a little uncomfortable. Or they might get mad, but hey, you can't expect everyone to say nice things about you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a perceived idea. We, we love it when people say nice things. We love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice shirt. Oh, nice hat. Hey, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> That'll just crush your fucking heart. <laughs> Like ah, and then you think about it, in your mind like, yeah, I am kind of fat. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, switching gears, switching gears from social media. Uh, criticism. Um, how good do you take it? Yeah, you know, um, there there are two types of criticism, and both of them can be considered, you know, one good or bad, but it depends on the person. One is constructive criticism, and the other is just criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, construct, con- constructive criticism more 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 than times than not is based from someone seeing something you're doing and maybe telling you in a way that you can actually see it yourself and maybe improve off of that. So const- constructive criticism is awesome, but just criticism is like you're fat. You know, that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. How much of that have you seen throughout, you know, your life or have you experienced, Keith? Um, for me, I, I haven't received too much um just pure criticism. A lot of a lot of what I've received is is construction uh, constructive criticism, primarily because um the the criticism that I have heard or that I've that has gotten to me is typically like something that said behind my back exactly so by the time it gets to me it's just like you know like the people like the, like we were saying people not really keeping the same energy so in front of you they'll be like oh man that's cool and then behind your back they're just you know completely you know bashing whatever you're doing so exactly. I, I think you know as far as like how we should take it i think you should take it all with a grain of salt you know what i mean sometimes you know, you just kind of got to find a middle ground. There's people that are going to, they're going to lie to you, you know, blatantly to your face about whatever, whatever you're doing. If you're, you know, whether it's, you know, you're doing a certain job or, um, like, um, this is kind of, kind of off, off the, uh, like a, t- a tangent a little bit, but it kind of makes sense <laughs> and <in> a <laughs> kind of makes sense. So, uh, I was working at a job at, um, Aaron's delivering furniture and, um, we had I got we had recently gotten a new store manager and she had only been there for maybe like a day or two um, before we had this conversation. But you know, in the time in the store, everything seemed fine. You know, she's you know introducing herself, asking questions, seeing how the store is being ran. And um, one day, I had like three deliveries to do. I went out on the run. We delivered the furniture um, in a timely manner. We get back to the store and. Um, the manager is like, "Hey, Keith, can can I can you come here and talk to me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I go in there. You know, she's like, "So, uh, you know, how are how are things going?" I'm like, "Yeah, they're going pretty good." And uh, 
she was like, um, everything's, you know, how are you feeling about working here? And I'm like, yeah, everything is cool. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of it. Um, the person that was teaching me how to do everything recently got fired, but I'm starting to kind of come into my own as like, you know, kind of a leader of this position. Definitely. And then she was like, um, so we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, I was like, like, why are you buttering me up to let me go? Like, that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> so it's just like, you know what I mean? That's kind of how people, people work in a sense. It's like, you know, they're, they're, they, they're built to, you know, sugarcoat things rather than, you know, just being honest about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we, as a society, we've become more comfortable uh, with a comfortable lie instead of the uncomfortable truth. Yeah, uh, we much rather have someone tell us something that's inaccurate because it makes us feel good. It's like a a big piece of chocolate ice cream and vanilla. Yeah, you know, then you know somebody shoving a goddamn sour patch down your mouth telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. I know that was a weird analogy. You <laughs> gonna have to roll with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think, like you said, it's it, it's it's bad because it's a common behavior. Um, People oftentimes will do that because they're. It's like they're. They have a fear of something. Yeah. I, I don't know what the fear is. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but I think we've all been slightly guilty of it ourselves. Meaning, yeah. you know, maybe someone asks us, "Hey, man, so how'd you like the song?" And you want to tell them, "Like, man, you're horrible. You need to find something, <laughs> else, to <do> <laughs> you need to find something else to do with yourself." But yeah. instead of doing that, you know, you tell them, "Hey, man, that was that was pretty dope, man. Just keep doing your thing." Yeah, and it's you know, and it, it sucks because especially someone that's seeking your genuine opinion. I think if you're really seeking a genuine opinion, don't ask anyone for anything. Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna find their way to give you uh, what uh, criticism or constructive criticism. Yeah. Just do what you do the best you can, and whatever you get back, just either like uh, like he said, take it with a grain of salt. Or, you know, take it as motivation. Sometimes people talking shit about you can be a, a great motivational tool. Yeah. I know when I got a little chubby, I had some people cracking jokes and, oh, man, you ain't going to do this or you ain't going to do that. You can't tell me what I'm not going to do. So yeah. guess what? I went ahead and did what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, so don't 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 wimp out. You know, don't uh, don't shut down because yeah. somebody said something you didn't want to hear. You know, that's that's a part of life, man. One thing. um I was on Twitter the other day, and there's this girl. She was like, um, she, I guess she was kind of subtweeting someone or talking about someone specifically, but she didn't say any names. But she she kind of said something to the to the to the idea of um, basically like, why are you lying to me? Telling the truth is so easy. Like being honest is so easy. And I was like, no, that's not that's not even that's not true. That's not even almost true. I was like being. <clears throat> Being honest is is extremely difficult. And she was like, she she responded with something, and I was like, well, maybe for you it's easy, but um, for the majority of people in the world, like I get, I don't know, some statistic that in a normal conversation someone tells like you know a handful of lies, or I forget the exact number, but it was like ten or eleven lies, in, like in in just one sitting. Yeah. So. Um, it's like yeah, it's just it's it's extremely it's extremely difficult. So I don't know. I guess it's like like we were saying, just when it comes to criticisms, um, and you all, I think part of the criticism too, especially because you know going to film school, you realize that um, everyone's opinion 
doesn't really matter. Even even if it's your professor, sometimes your professor can give you some some criticism on something they've done or or some like some homework assignment you have. But at the end of the day, you gotta realize that there a criticism is just is just an opinion. Exactly. So you can have and you know part of it is you know how much credibility is does the person criticizing your work have? Exactly. Is are they you know you go to film school and then generally people that are professors are people that aren't making movies. So <laughs> if they're you know if they're teaching you that probably yeah. means that they were they didn't do so well in the industry or else they would be making a movie while, instead of teaching you. So definitely you know and and that doesn't necessarily mean that their opinion doesn't make um, doesn't mean much because sometimes someone that is a professor can teach you better than someone that's actually in the field. You know. Um, for the uh doing the doing the actual work but it's just to say that you know you just got to keep things into perspective yeah exactly and a lot of the a lot of the criticism or advice people will give you it's only it's not it's not too personal because everyone's situation is different so if you tell me what worked for dan and and you're telling me that same thing that doesn't really translate all the time Mm-hmm. So that's why you do have to take criticism or advice with a grain of salt. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 and like you said, I mean, if this guy was so great, then what is he doing over here? You know, trying to kill, trying to crush my dreams, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, I mean, you see it a lot in many different fields. I, I know there's some coach somewhere, some football coach trying to tell some guy because he's only five foot nine, like, yeah, man, you'll never go division one, man. You're just too short. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas there's another coach that's like, man, just keep trying your hardest. Yeah. And I guarantee you, if you don't go get where you want to get, then you'll come damn close. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's a lot of people in this world as well that, you know, they see the glass either half full mm-hmm. or, excuse me, half empty or they see the glass half full with mm-hmm. intention of putting even more water in that cup. Yeah, Those are the two different types of people that exist. You got the optimistic and the pessimistic people. So when a, if a pessimistic person's giving you construct, not even constructive criticism, just criticism, you gotta just be like, "All right, okay, thank you." Just you can even tell the guy, "Thank you," or mm-hmm. like, "Okay, cool." But in the back of your mind, you're like, "Fuck this guy." Because <laughs> I, mean, I think also, I think the most generally the most successful people are people that are um, their own worst critics. Oh yeah. So people that are you know really meticulous about whatever they're doing, whether it's playing playing sports, you know what I mean? There's people, they, they may watch their tape over and over and recognize that, you know, when they was in this situation on this play, they were doing something com- completely wrong. Or whether whether it's an artist, the artist is like, I know, like I know a girl that, that I went to school with um, and she was probably like the best artist in school. But for some reason, like she just hated everything. She she would cringe at her own work, and and to everyone else on the outside, it's just like, yo, like what are you so mad about? Like this looks amazing. But I guess you know, there's there's like a deeper problem there. But I, in the same exactly. sense, like if she's you know extremely critical of her work, she's going to try like over and over and over and try to get better to a sense where she can satisfy herself. And she may never be satisfied, and that may work for her, and she may continue to make good stuff you know exactly and you know there was a banner at the san francisco 49ers uh uh at their facility and it said 
if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. And that that <clears> was <throat> that's that's an awesome uh that's definitely awesome awesome thing to go off of just based on the fact that you know especially if you're someone that you're your your own worst critic mm-hmm. you're going to keep trying to you're going to reach milestones by having that mindset mm-hmm. versus you know oh that's cool I'll roll with that you know what I mean I'm, yeah. you don't want to be that guy mm-hmm. and if you are that guy that's okay mm-hmm. but uh that ain't me <laughs> Yeah, in uh, in addition to what he was, uh, but you've mentioned earlier, a certain uh, criticism or advice, uh, you kind of want to look at that objectively. Like you don't really want to like get too many of your feelings involved because then you're gonna it's gonna affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been there, mm-hmm. and uh, in the long run, you're just like, man, like you know, this this is just not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Let's just move past this and uh, figure out where we'll go from here. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to put in on that? Uh, I think that's all. All right. And as of now, there there are plenty of of, of uh, current events happening. You know, we won't speak about Donald Trump because uh, I don't have enough breath in my body to go over <laughs> that. Uh, but one of the unfortunate current events as of today is a point guard from the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving, um, had some knee issues, and he ended up being put out for the whole season. Um, I'll go ahead and read his Instagram post, which is highly unfortunate. And he posted this. He posted this nine hours ago. And he said, the hardest thing to do sometimes is accept the uncontrollable things life throws at you. You try to consistently consistently learn grow and prepare every day to equip your mind body and spirit with tools to deal with some of the some of the those things but i feel when those moments arise they all give you a sense of unfulfillment simply because it puts some some of your personal journey and goals on a brief hold it's simply a test of your perseverance and will to be present even in the wake of what's going on in this case finding out i have an infection in my knee is definitely a moment that I now accept and move past without holding on to all what if what ifs. Proving the naysayers completely wrong, completely effing wrong, which he censored, but I can say it here. So fucking wrong. <laughs> and accomplishments and going the goals I've set out for the team and myself. This season was only a snapshot of what's to come from me. Trust me. The journey back to the top of Mount Everest continues. Hashtag standing rock sutride. So from that, we can see he's not defeated by what happened. That's mm-hmm. that's always good. You know, some people like, that's why I don't like people that whine and cry. Oh my God, my leg hurts and I have to, you know, I'm just like, dude, shut up. We're all grown. There's a little kid battling cancer right now. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for a grown adult, you know, feeling bad for themselves. Here we have a top tier athlete, NBA athlete. With a lot on the line, and this guy's not feeling sorry for he's not feeling sorry for himself. This guy, you can tell he is ready to roll and he's not allowing this situation to set him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate. I like watching Kyrie Irving plays, you know, obviously one of the top point guards in the league and top players in the league overall. And it, the, I think what makes it even worse is just kind of just those kind of, you know, devastating 
injuries almost ruin you know basketball in a sense because you know you're so, you're so looking forward to watching this you know NBA is based on stars like yes it is you know you we can see their faces you know what I mean they got you know fancy shoes on and you know their you know their names on the back of their jerseys and stuff like that and we're so close to the game and it's it's, it's it just kind of sucks when somebody has that kind of injury like that and it it really changes it really makes a huge impact on the um the playoffs now in the Eastern Conference because. Boston Celtics are the number two seed right now, and when Kyrie Irving returned, they were you know definitely trying to make a push towards um, the Eastern Conference Finals, and a lot of people haven't had them favored to win the Eastern Conference Finals. So now that Kyrie Irving's gone, it's going to be obviously like they have a good team, so that's going to help them push forward. But when it comes down to those last minutes and those playoff games, you need a superstar to definitely. you know put the ball in the basket. So. Definitely. They're going to miss that. And I think the nucleus is there as far as the team is concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a great team. Um, but when you're already missing Gordon Hayward and now Kyrie Irving's down, mm-hmm. it's just highly unlikely to make it through those playoffs very far. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it definitely changes the whole dynamic. You know, you, you're kind of like, damn, like, what now? Yeah. Like, is LeBron going to slide through there again? Is his, is his hairline going to prevail this time? <laughs> 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 yeah, LeBron may be winning the conference finals but his hairline lost (laughs) the last 12 years that made me sound like a hater so if lebron hears this lebron i'm not sorry anyways yeah i mean it it changes the whole look of the east you got you know you got the raptors we don't know what they're gonna do i I think they're tired of losing so we might see something happen that's very unlikely so Mm -hmm. we don't know um, in the West, we also don't know because I've never seen Houston play to this level. Um, they are playing out of their <clears throat> minds in Houston right now. So Golden State ain't gonna have a cakewalk. So this is definitely gonna be a crazy playoff. Yeah, playoff run. And yeah, the playoffs are almost in full swing. Uh, but even if you don't watch basketball, you can relate to this. You cannot be defeated by something that you can overcome. I know that may sound kind of weird, like, how do I know if I can overcome it? Because it's a mental thing. You know, we go through things in life, but a lot of times it's 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 mental over physical. Mm-hmm. If you're 450 pounds and you just lay on your bed and you say, I'm going to be fat my whole life, then guess what? You're just going to be fat your whole life. And I don't, I don't mean to be a fat shamer, but... Let's just be honest. This is for anyone who has either been overweight or been in a situation and has changed it. It's mm-hmm. like being broke, flat broke with five bucks in your pocket. This is the best I'm going to do. I'm always going to be broke. Mm-hmm. With that mentality, you will always be broke. Yeah. But if you're a person, we live in a land of opportunity as well. You could be a guy living on the streets and then seven years later, you're worth $3 million. Just yeah. based on your willing your willingness to never give up and to keep working and to keep on striving not so much for perfection, but to be a better man every day. Mm-hmm. You know, being great is not being great is not measured by you know doing all these amazing things. It's doing more than it's doing a little bit more than the average person every day. That's what can make you great. Yeah, you know. So it's it's just a, it's a story, not so much a story of perseverance, but being able to persevere when you're faced with adversity rather than folding. And mm-hmm. just sitting there like, oh, you know, uh, I give up. My toe hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't go to work today, boss. Uh, mm-hmm. I hurt my finger. I put, uh, 
I was playing. Uh, I was playing. Uh, what's that new game that's hot right now? Fort. Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I was playing Fortnite with my my, my son. <laughs> my finger. I can't come in. Yeah, man, that's true. I think you know the perseverance. Is, I think whatever whatever you're doing or whatever you have a passion for, there's gonna come a time where you know you might wanna get up, give up, or you know you gotta work and you just wanna lay in bed or whatever. But if you kind of put things into perspective and you, you look at doing certain things in the long run, you know, each, you know, there it's just like steps. Each step is going to, each positive thing you're doing, you, each time you get up and go to the gym, each time you stay up a little late to study, each time you, you know, you know, just do that extra whatever to, you know, better yourself, that's, you know, it's going to pay off in the long run. So you have to kind of look at things in the long term rather than the short term. Definitely. That's definitely that. That's a perfectly, the way you put that was perfect. Looking at things long term rather than just living in the now. Mm-hmm. That definitely put the nail on it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, no. You had a thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can relate to this uh, just based off the fact that quite you know some years ago I was in a place where you know I've been working at the same place for a while. I was extremely complacent. I wasn't really making a lot of money and I wasn't, I wasn't getting the best out of myself. And then as time progresses, you, when you genuinely want better for yourself, regardless of what field you work in, or if you're an athlete, whatever you look inside of yourself and you say, do I want better than this? And if the answer is yes, then your actions start to match up with what, what your situation is and how you feel about it. You know, um, it's crazy because when I talk to my aunt about it or my dad or whatever uh, about truck driving, they kind of were like, nah, I don't think that's the best thing for you. You know, um, that's kind of dangerous, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You know what's more dangerous than truck driving or um, hauling gas? Being broke for the rest of your life. That is more scary than, than uh, doing a dangerous job. Because I'll be damned if I'm not doing my best and giving my best effort every day. I wouldn't be able to live with myself, mm-hmm. you know. And God forbid, you know, if if it was to end for any of us today, you would have to ask yourself, if it was to end for me tomorrow, was I doing my best? If the answer is no, then you better change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if, you, if, if you're living in a world of complacency, then that's not going to end good. Just... Yeah. In all honesty, and I, I'm I'm pretty I'm positive you have some stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it. for me, like you know, I I was in school for six years before I graduated, and uh, you know I went to junior college for two and a half years. After that, I went to um, Iowa State uh, for a semester, and when I went out there, I didn't really have a plan. I didn't really understand what it was to, you know, go to school out of state and how the tuition works out and how, um, how, how much you have to pay and stuff like that. In my mind, I was just like, oh, okay, they're going to give me a Pell Grant and then I'm going to be able to pay the stuff off or I'm going to go out there and at least get a job and I'll be able to work the stuff off. And when I got there, um, the school was pretty expensive and then I wasn't able to get a job because of how much time I actually spent doing work. I was working on homework assignments like practically the whole day just wake up go to class and the rest of the night I'll be doing 
different homework assignments. And then, uh, so I left there, I couldn't afford it, and I took like a year off of school. And then um, once I found out, like I was, I was searching for anyone to help me get a, um, get a loan. And, you know, usually in the black community, not too many people have good credit. So when it came to trying to get a loan, it just didn't work out. So I took a year off. I tried to pay for, you know, try to pay for school. And I was living with my brother and his relationship fell through. So he, uh, instead of me actually moving there and saving up money, I was actually helping with the bills. And then, you know, I had, you know, I just had a regular minimum wage job, a part-time job at that. So when it, when it came to, I owed like $10,000. And when I looked at my check for like the whole year, it was like $10,000. Um, so it was like, there was no way I was going to be able to pay that money back. And then I, I even got a better job. And then, you know, usually when it comes to getting a better job, you, you kind of just accumulate more bills. So that kind of fell through, and that's the job that I spoke about earlier that I got fired from, which was almost like a blessing in disguise because that was like my cue to go back to school. So I went back to the junior college for, for like a year, and then I uh, I ended up transferring to uh, New Mexico State University where that was kind of like you know the final stretch where I had everything in order. I knew how I was going to pay for school. Um, it wasn't that expensive, and I just finished it on out. And yeah, that's yeah. about perseverance, I guess. Yeah, it's about sticking with it. Don't question fate either. You know, mm-hmm. um, when things happen, don't question them. Just keep on going towards your path because you'll think like, oh, I'm working at McDonald's or, oh, I'm doing this or, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing that. But that should not be enough to deter you, detour yeah. you from where, where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to make sure you stick with it and eventually, even if you don't get where you want to be, you'll be damn close. Yeah. You know, well, I, I can't speak about education because I'm a college dropout. <laughs> and forgive me for my... Easy uh, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of street smarts and I learned from reading um, Source Magazine when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to read Word Up Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what you said, don't question fate. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because for me, I think the thing that helped me get through a lot of uh, the stuff that I was going through was trying to find, I don't know if I was necessarily questioning it, but I was trying to find an answer to whatever was going on. So it was like, Got it. if I was working at McDonald's, I was like, okay, this is like my first job. And I feel I'm like almost completely humbled because, you know, going through school and you getting, you know, basically education paid for in college and you you almost humble yourself to you know you 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 go from getting good grades in school and you know on the set path to graduate in four years or whatever and then you're in the back of a kitchen sweating flipping burgers and it's like what like what is the lesson in this so for me that was that was one of the ways that I that I was able to um, get through it just you know finding those answers where there's you know to become a to become good at customer service or okay. learning from the owner of stores because sometimes um, working at McDonald's, I would see how the owner would, you know, treat his employees and not necessarily on a personal level, but, you know, on a macro level, whether it's like having them work on certain holidays or, you know what I mean, coming in and there was like literally a time where it, I think it was 
Thanksgiving or Christmas. I can't remember which one, but you know, we're back there working and it's super packed. You don't even think it would be packed on a, on a holiday, but a lot of people, you know, they're getting food before the actual meals are prepared. So there's a lot of people running in and out. And then the owner comes in with his family. He got his wife and his kids and they're all smiling and happy. And they're like, he's like, Hey guys, I just want to thank you guys for coming in and working today. And it's like, that's almost like a backhanded compliment. Like, I want to be at home with my family and you in here with your family. And <laughs> <laughs> we making money for you. So it's just yeah. like, so those are the kind of things you learn from, you know, certain situations. So I would Definitely. suggest just try to, you know, just see the good and everything. Definitely. You, you got to find the silver lining in things that may not be always best suited, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for your situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes you more well, well-rounded person. You know, not all, not only are you a major in film, but you can know you know how to make a big double. So <laughs> it's a very, uh, very awesome thing. And you learn, you know, the the philosophy of the Big Mac sauce and the, and the, you know the nuggets that that joke tanked. But anyways, um, it's 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 always great because I've <laughs> I've I've been through a lot myself as well, and um, man. Working secure, I worked security. The security job was horrible. Just based on the fact that you're sitting up, somebody could come and kick your ass, or a couple people could come help them out while they stomp you. But uh, <laughs> and it has happened. I haven't been jumped, you know, and I wasn't jumped, but I was put in a lot of vulnerable situations as a security guard. I didn't work there very long. Mm-hmm. I also did fast food for literally two days, and I was just like, "Fuck this! I can't do this anymore." It was at Sonic, by the way. I don't want to. A security job is never a good job. No. Whether it's like security in a club or at a store (laughs) or whatever. If you got to do it, like, get your money, man. But if there's a way out of that, get out quick. Because like I was saying about owners and stuff and people that don't care, those people in them stores don't don't care about you. You can be getting beat up and they won't care about you. They won't help you. You could be in a club trying to break up a fight and... They'll find some criticism, like you should have done it sooner, or yeah. you should have handled it differently. But these are the people that they're not getting themselves in danger. They're just sitting back and you know, spectating the whole situation. That, that, so yeah. it's like, I literally was in a situation where I was at a club being a security guard, and um, a fight had broke out between one of the people that was actually like a security guard that was working there, but he was just in there on his off day, <clears throat> and. A situation happened, the club was closing, where, you know, putting people, like, not putting them out, but, you know, just escorting people out of the door, and this, the guy that was a security guard was getting into it with these, with these other people at the club, so I'm trying to, like, you know, like, trying to calm the situation down. By the time we get outside, it just kind of escalates, because, you know, alcohol is in their system, and, Definitely. you know, you know, their, you know, their emotions are running high, and... One thing led to another. They're arguing and arguing, and the guy, the the guy that worked with us, the people that he was talking to, was probably like three or four of them. So by the time that I'm trying to like physically force him back, I guess somebody had ran to a car, and then they came back, and then like in a full fledged sprint, um, came and like sucker punched the the security guard, and I was like, oh snap! Like I don't even know what to do at this point. I'm just trying to you know break the situation up, and then. As I'm grabbing the other security guard, trying to help him up, like next next thing you know, like two shots go off in the air, like pow pow, and me being you know, just understanding 
like me being a track a former track athlete, that was like a gun to me. That was like a starting gun to me. So I just forgot everything and just like took off running. <laughs> oh no. And uh yeah, so like that situation happened and you know, we don't know. Somebody was saying that it, you know, it might have been a fake gun, it might have been a cap gun or whatever, but they all sound the same in that situation. So, you know, I take off running, I'm behind the building just trying to make sure like nothing crazy happened. I bet I was back there for I don't know, a good twenty minutes or something like that, just you know, just trying to stay out of the way. And um by the time I came around, everything, you know, everyone's talking and talking about what happened and we're just kinda like, you know, going over what happened or how we could have prevented it. And then I go to work the next day and the owner comes in and he's like, Hey, I heard you guys had a little altercation the other day and he's laughing about it and I'm like that's the kind of stuff that you go through as a security guard. Like no one Definitely. cares about your well-being except the other security guards. So that's yeah. my little tidbit. Oh, definitely. I, I have some experience with bouncing as well, and it's it's, it's sad. Yeah. You know, I, I, the people that go to these clubs, they're they're fighting demons within themselves, mm-hmm. and then they fuel that demon with alcohol. Yeah. And then now you're dealing with demons, and then you you're in a and you're not you don't have a Bible, so now you got problems. <laughs> You yeah. gotta deal with these drunk assholes, and it's it's horrible. Yeah. Um, if anybody has, if you're listening to this and you have any experience with bouncing or doing any type of security, people automatically just don't respect you for some reason. You're like, you are like just the opposition. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know you, but yeah. I hate you. It's not even. It doesn't have to do with race. Anything you could have, fifteen different people different races and they hate you just because you're trying to keep the peace that sounds crazy yeah it sounds crazy but it's mm-hmm. there's fact to that mm-hmm. i'm just lucky i didn't get my ass kicked you know because it definitely could have happened mm-hmm. definitely and you know the whole gun thing you were smart for running because uh i would have turned into jesse owens if you <laughs> you got a gun going off and i'm i'm just sitting there no no thanks buddy you don't pay me enough yeah. And then, and, and like you said earlier, oh, you know, maybe you should have broke the fight up. Everything to them, everything to an owner is just, you know, for liability purposes. Yeah. They don't want to be sued. Yeah. So if they're going to, if anything happens that can make them look bad, they're going to fire you. And mm-hmm. they're going to get somebody else in there and they're going to treat them like shit. And yeah. they're going to repeat the cycle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to add, brother? Um... I think that's all, man. Uh, well, uh, for a limited time, the McRib is back at McDonald's. Um, it, it, they're not sponsored sponsoring this <laughs> podcast. I just want to make sure you guys get diabetes because, um, nah, I'm just. Playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's it for us. Um, thank you for listening to Trucker's Mind podcast, and uh, we hope to we hope to chime in on some more topics coming up here soon. Uh, This is episode one of many, hopefully, and you guys have a great day. Peace.